Anybody ready to uh, open up the word this morning? Amen. Let this be a year of opening up the word. Do you hear me? Let this be a year of opening up the word like never before in your life. Opening up the word, getting in his presence. We're going to open up the word this morning in the book of John, in John chapter 16. And, uh, but before we do that, I just, as a preface to that, in John chapter 11 is where the disciples summed up all that Jesus has done. Jesus did the healing of the lepers, the walking on the water, the raising the dead, the casting out of demons. And many times after a full day of ministry, the disciples are wiped out and they go and get some rest and they see Jesus going up the mountain. Say with me, going up the mountain. He's going up to the mountain to meet with the Father and to pray. And he so goes up to the mountain to pray. And at dawn, when the, when the disciples would wake up, they would see Jesus return. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? That Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God, spent so much time in prayer. Isn't that amazing to you? It's amazing to me. But what we do know is this. What we know is that Jesus modeled in every way how to live this life and to live it victoriously. And if Jesus needed to pray, how much more do we? Can you say amen? I'm going to talk to you this morning about being pregnant with prayer. About being pregnant with prayer. See, when he came down, the, the, the disciples, when they saw him, when they came down, Jesus, Jesus comes down and they ask him in, in John chapter 11, they said, Jesus, they saw all of his miracles. They saw everything that he did and they summarized it, that they had this question. They said, they didn't ask him about miracles. They didn't ask him about this or that. They said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And Jesus began to give them the keys to prayer. He said, keep it simple. Keep on knocking. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. And he's in the center of all of your prayer life, he says this, ask about having more of God. Ask me. Ask the Father to have more of him. So keep it simple. Keep on knocking and ask for more of God. That should be the consuming factor. So now we're at John chapter 16. 16 through 24 is what I'm reading. And Jesus is talking to the disciples. He says, soon you won't see me any longer. After a little while, you will see me in a new way. Some of the disciples asked each other, well, what does that mean? Soon you won't see me. And in a little while after that, you won't see me in a, you will see me in a new way. What does that mean? Because I'm going to my father what does that mean? So they kept repeating. What's the meaning of, the little, of a little while? What, we, we have no clue what he's talking about. Jesus, of course, knew what they were talking about, what they were thinking, it says. And it was obvious that they were anxious to ask him what it had meant, what he had meant. So he spoke up and he said, let me make it clear. Let me make it quite clear. You will, you will weep and be overcome 
You will weep and overcome, be overcome with grief over what, is, what happens to me. The unbelieving world will be happy while you will be filled with sorrow. But know this, your sadness will turn into joy when you see me again. How many of you looking forward to Jesus returning? Listen, there's nothing that needs to happen. There's literally nothing biblically that needs to happen for Jesus to return right now. Right now. If you're thinking it's going to be, I, I never dreamed. How many of you have ever dreamed? Well, I didn't even think we'd get past 2,000. We thought the computers are going to do something weird and Jesus is going to come back. You remember that, 2,000? Here we are in 2020. Give me a break. But let me tell you something. Be alert. Be watchful. Jesus is coming. I said, Jesus is coming. And it could come today, this moment. There's nothing to stop him from coming back. There's nothing biblically that needs to happen. He can come now. And it all begins. Let me just, let's, let's go on. He says, so, but know this, your sadness will return to joy when you see me again. Verse 21, just like a woman giving birth experiences intense labor pains in delivering her baby, yet after the child is born, she quickly forgets what she went through because of the overwhelming joy of knowing that a new baby has been born into the world. So, you will pass through a time of intense sorrow when I am taken from you, but you will see me again. And then your hearts will burst with joy with no one being able to take it from you. For here is eternal truth. When that time comes, you won't need to ask me for anything. But instead, you will go directly to the Father and ask him for anything you desire, and he will give it to you because of your relationship with me. How many of you know that time is right now? He's not here. And it goes on, verse 24. Until now, you've got, you've, you've, talking to the disciples, how many are a disciple of God? He's talking to the disciples. Until now, you've not been bold enough to ask the Father for a single thing in my name, but now, say with me, but now. But now you can ask and keep on asking him, and you can be sure that you'll receive what you ask for, and your joy will have no limits. I want you to understand that right now. Understand what God's plan is for you, is that you have joy with no limitations. That your joy may be full, overflowing with joy. You know, my wife and I, we have three. We have three young people, three young adults now. 25, I'm gonna try this, 25, 24. And one of them turned 22 today. His name is Jaron, and he's walking in the back right now. Why don't you just turn around and make him really embarrassed? <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jaron. Happy birthday to He, he has that one of those bummer birthdays. We never make it a bummer, but some would think, well, Christmas is here and your birthday's there, so that, that means it all gets lumped together. <laughs> but no, Jaron, Jaron, I tell you what, he, and I tell you what, he sings with that guitar, doesn't he? It's an anointing on him for music and for many other things. 
we uh, celebrate him. But let me tell you something, when, uh, to go back on this, when you look at experiencing the process of, the, of our three coming into the world, and we were recanting this over dinner last night, and we were recanting of, of what Kathy went through, and there was, a, there was even a point where they were, they were concerned after the pregnancy, but before the pregnancy, and all you ladies know that it's no fun to be pregnant, and though you're expecting, anticipating the joy of what is coming, the actual process of it, your body changing, you're enlarged, you're, uh, you have these different eating habits, there's things you don't want that you used to like, you don't want them now, they make you nauseated if you smell them, there's that morning thing, there's that evening thing, and you don't get a lot of rest, and you try to get the rest, and you gotta take this, and there's the pain, and there's the bumps, and there's the this, and there's the that, and then there's the actual process of giving birth, and, and you know that, and I remember a time when the doctor said for one of them, and we were, I think we were in Fort Worth, and I remember it specifically, she goes, uh, she goes, oh, no, no, you're not ready for the epidural. I'll know when you're ready, and you'll know when you're ready. And she's like, oh, please, let me have the epidural. No, you're okay. You're going to be good. And so they had to wait till she got to a threshold of pain that was very painful. Say with me, very painful. And she goes, and then she, when she was actually crying and said, and she walked back in, so how are you doing? She goes, I want the epidural now. She goes, okay, you're ready. She had to get to that point where she was dilated to like the four before she wanted to give it, so then it would come quicker and smoother and all that kind of stuff. But there was pain. There was intensity. There was a caring for nine months. Praise God, I'm a man. <laughs> all the men in the room say, hallelujah. Let's begin worship service again. I'm a man, I don't have to do that. But God bless you women. You know, there's this, there's similarities in this pain, work, and tears in, in childbirth to this experience that Jesus is using in this picture to illustrate the subject of prayer. Jesus is now about to leave, and everything that the disciples had been seeing, seeing the Father do was in response to Jesus' prayers. In response to Jesus' intimacy with the Father. And conversation with the Father. So he's, he, it's everything that Jesus did was out of an overflow of his life of intimacy with the Father in prayer. See, Jesus was completely God, but yet he came completely man. And he modeled for us how to live this life. And the disciples always saw him going up the mountain to pray. And it's been a long stinking day. Everybody's forcing, everybody wants and everybody needs. And we pray and Jesus, not one person ever left Jesus without being healed. Hmm, maybe, maybe we should pray. Maybe if Jesus prayed and had to pray, I, I'll tell you this, Kathy mentioned it. You know why Jesus, this is why Jesus was able to cast out the demon when the disciples couldn't. It was because he was constantly in a mode of fasting and prayer. Always. Always. 
Guys, we don't need to eat. I, I, yeah, 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 okay, we'll eat. The guy's like, well, we need to eat. God's, even Jesus says, okay, you guys need to eat. But at the same time, Jesus is in a mode of intimacy with the Father. He only does what he sees his Father do. He only says what he hears his Father say. He's walking in intimacy with the Father and walking in obedience through a life of prayer. So now he's announcing to his disciples, I'm leaving, but I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. How many are glad for the Holy Spirit? Yaha, Yoho, Yahi, Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? What does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit is going to help every believer to know what the Father is doing and to know what the Father is saying. He's with us step by step. How many of you have ever discovered, how many of you ever discovered when you're going on a trip and you're going into a location you've never been before, it's really a good idea to have good instruction. It's good to have good direction. How do I get there? How do I go there? What path do I take? And you know what Jesus is doing? He says, Jesus was giving some good direction and the, to the disciples and to us. And he says, and your joy, so that your joy may be full. Verse 24. We've got to flow from the place. Listen, we've got to flow from this place that God is good. We've been celebrating all morning. Oh, man, I've just been, I needed it today. How many of you needed it today? Just God reminding us in our praise to him. He says, yeah, keep singing. I am good. I am faithful. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I love you. I have a great plan for you. And it's not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. He's the God of hope. If you're lacking hope today, you've lost sight of who God is in your life. Because there's never a reason to lose hope because God is good and he is faithful. Come on. Never should we lose hope. Last week we talked about resting. How does we really rest? We rest in him. And from that flows faith. When you recognize the faithfulness of God, if you weren't here, get the message, get online and listen to it. Listen to the podcast. Because listen, that's a message for you today. You can rest in him and from that you flow and move. Rest is not asleep. Rest leads to action. When you literally rest in God, you actually move forward in faith like you've never had before. Why? Because he's faithful. We've got to flow from this place of relationship. In, in, in uh, John chapter 15, 9 through 11, Jesus says, I have loved you. I want you to understand how much God loves you. Can you read it with me? Let's read it. Because he's talking to you. He's talking to all of us. Let's read it together. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey me, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father and remain in his love. I have told you this so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. It says in Psalm 1611, listen, we got to be people. Michael was right on point listening to the Spirit of God this morning. It says, in your presence is fullness of joy. 
all being in his presence on a regular basis is going to lead you to fullness of what? Joy. In Corinthians, it tells us that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. It doesn't say bondage, but it says freedom. He has come that we might be free from the shackles and released to an overflowing life of joy. That's why we sing songs like the blood, the, there, there is a, there's healing in the blood. Chains are broken because of the blood of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. The joy, I want you to declare this with me, because this is what, this is the reality. You've got to walk in it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Let's declare it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of my heavenly Father, who is so good, is my strength. And God knows that one of the greatest joys that we can experience, hear me, one of the greatest joys that we can experience is an answer to prayer. The joy that's from seeing a relative saved, a business, a business succeed, a cancer removed, a baby born. You may ask a question this morning. I've asked the question. If God already knows what we need, why do we need to pray? If he knows, you need this. I need this. I know you need that. Why do we need to pray? Why? See, God has commissioned us to partner with him in prayer. Say with me, partner. And when we pray, we are actually putting a bullseye. We're putting a bullseye on the target and whatever we're praying for so that God will hit that mark. Many great men and women of God have come to the conclusion that God does nothing, quotation, God does nothing in the affairs of man except in response to prayer. God handcuffs himself, if you will. God handcuffs himself. He restricts himself to what? My prayer life. That's sobering. He will restrict himself to your prayer life. Have you ever heard that you have not because you ask not? It says that in the book of James. God will handcuff himself. He restricts himself to my prayer life, to, to your prayer life. Before Jesus was born, if we look at people who have anticipated but yet prayed, Simeon and Anna, remember Simeon and Anna? And, and, and they were praying for the Messiah to come night and day. Night and day. Why would the Holy Spirit move on them to pray for the Messiah if it was what he was going to do? Anyway, why? Wouldn't you think that something is as important as the Father sending his Son wouldn't require someone to pray? Why? Surely God can do it without a prayer. They don't, Simeon and Anna, they really didn't need to do that. Or did they? The fact is, God can do it all. We know that. God can do anything, anything he wants. God can do it all. He can get it all accomplished, but he chosen, he's chosen this thing called covenant. Covenant with us. He chose a covenant with us, Steve, to get it accomplished. Everything you want to get accomplished, Steve, moving forward in that ministry will not happen unless you pray for it. 
It won't happen by a connection. It won't happen by great ideas. It'll happen by prayer. By prayer. God vision requires God intercession. He uses angels. Remind us. He uses angels to get jobs done. I'm talking about covenant. He uses an angel to get jobs done. He uses us to preach the gospel. Why? To share in his glory. We are working together in perfect harmony, led by the Spirit. Whose Spirit? His. To do what? It's amazing to me. God has chosen you and me. It's a life of intimacy. We're, we're to rule and to reign on the earth. And that God doesn't mean, though, that doesn't mean we go around, we know this. It doesn't mean you go around and say, you do this and you do that. We rule that way. No, we're talking about becoming men and women that, that come along to side to serve and to bless. And as we see things on earth that need to come into an alignment of heaven, we then begin to pray into them and we begin to say, God, I know that doesn't line up with heaven. So, God, I'm going to pray that so that, Father, we bring heaven to earth in that situation. We're talking about an intimacy, a flow together to get something accomplished. It's a covenant, and he waits on you, and if you don't pray, it won't happen. It won't. It won't happen. Unless you pray. You and I have such a vital role, and if we don't pray, he won't invade people's lives. God made a covenant that says, son and daughter, you pray and I'll respond. We see a family in our neighborhood. They need to be saved. Anybody have a family in your neighborhood that needs to be saved? Yeah, we all do. They need provision, maybe. Their son is doing drugs, so we begin to pray. Father, pour out your blessing upon this family. Save them. Deliver their son from drugs. And bring the provision they're in need of. Please give me the opportunity. Please give me the opportunity to, to, to obey and speak into their lives and to lead them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Simple, pointed prayer. So what have we just done? We've acted upon a covenant and a contract that says, son, daughter, ask and I'll answer. And that is the kind of prayer that God will answer. That's why Jesus said in John 20, 23, if you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you refuse to forgive them, they are unforgiven. We carry a pretty big responsibility. We play a big role. We are the sons and the daughters of God. We are his ambassadors on the earth, ministers of reconciliation. We are kings and priests. A priest is someone who goes between God and an individual, and we go between the individual, an individual that we see, our neighbor, and God. We're priests. Why is, why is it that God wants us to pray to covenant with him to rule and to reign on the earth? That our joy may be full. Think back for me. 
Think back in your time. We all kind of grow up selfishly in a way. We were taught, thankfully, by good parents, hopefully, that it's better to give than receive. But we like to receive a little bit more when we're younger than when we're older. But I tell you, sometimes out of necessity and some because you want to give and sometimes maybe things are lean. And I remember times when I was a kid that mom and dad didn't have a lot and they went without so that we could have. And then you realize that they wanted to see that joy of their son or their daughter receiving something and and being blessed and and opening up a gift under the Christmas tree or whatever and, and receiving because our joy will be full. The Father says, I brought you into partnership, not because I can't do it without you, but because I know the way I made you. I want you to hear that this morning. He knows the way you made you. He, you carry the Father's DNA. And so for you to experience the fullness of joy, you need to know what it is to come to me and to pray, he says, and to watch me act in response to your prayer. If you're going to experience the full spectrum, he says, of my joy, it will only be because you've learned to partner with me, touch my heart, then watch me invade the situation that you prayed for. Hallelujah. God answered prayer, and then we live on the testimony. What God do, did, he'll do it again. And we find ourselves asking for bigger things. But sometimes the little things, what seems little to some, may be really big to us, and God wants to answer that prayer. There's no limit to what he can, we can accomplish together, us and God. The old saying, me and God makes a majority. John 15, 7 says, but if you stay joined to me, and my words remain in you. Jesus is saying, you may ask any request you like, and it will be granted. I want to give you a great verse, though. First John, say with me, first, or look at First John chapter 5, verse 14. First John 5, verse 14. It says, and we can be confident. Let's read this. Let's say this out loud. I mean, like out loud. Come on, like a declaration. And we can be confident that he will listen to us whenever we ask him for anything in line with his will. Confident. By the way, I'm glad that God has veto power over my prayer life. He has veto power. Because we don't always, we don't always ask. I don't know about you, but I don't always ask. I, 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 I still battle sometimes between soul and flesh and spirit. Right? So sometimes I, I ask a mess, and I'm glad sometimes he says, okay, we're not doing that one. <laughs> and, oops, sorry, wrong answer. It's like the person that says, I want, I'm praying for Mr. Right, but they're really the wrong, and God knows that. But I'm praying for Mr. Right. Mr. Right, come along. Mr. Right, come along. I'm saying female persuasion. Mr. Right, please come along. Please come along. And that's Mr. Right. And God says, no, that's actually Mr. Wrong. You really don't, you don't want that guy. Just wait on me, and Mr. Wright will come along. So this is a good encouragement to you. I, I, like, using the, I, I like using the term, I don't want to get sidetracked. Ladies, don't be a Shanita. Don't be a Shanita. She need a car, she need a house, she need a man. 
<laughs> you, you, you just need to get in the presence of God and wait. Because Mr. Wright will come along. Because then what, when right, Mr. Wright comes along, you'll look back and go, wow, that Mr. Wrong was really wrong. And Mr. Wright was right. Because God is faithful. You can trust him with every relationship in every situation. And we play a big role. And I thank God that he has veto power. Think about it. If God answered every prayer by, even by any prayer by even Christians, no football team would ever lose (laughs) or would ever win. And I don't know about you, but I am really grateful. This new year started off great. The New England Patriots aren't going to be in the Super Bowl. (laughs) anyway okay okay so wait wait okay okay so anyways okay i i majorly digressed but let's focus back but it's really cool (laughs) first john 5 15 it says and we can be confident that he will listen to whenever we ask him for anything in line with his will. And if we know he is listening, when we make our requests, we can be sure that he will give us what we ask for. In John 16, 24, Jesus tells the disciples that up until now, you have never done this. You never talked to the Father, but now you can do this in my name. In my name. Led by the Spirit in my name. Jesus says, listen, I've been the one doing all the talking. I've been the one up until now, but now you get to be the one. Say, turn to somebody next to you and say, you get to be the one. You get to be the one who what? You get to be the one who goes to the Father, and I'll give you my credit card. Jesus says, you get to be the one, and I give you my credit card. I've heard about the black card. But I would imagine Jesus' card is the gold card. And when God gives you that, and you ask asking according to the will, it shall be done. Jesus illustrated prayer with pregnancy in John 16, 21. We just talked about that. And when, when, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come, but as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. A woman in labor hasn't any choice but to keep knocking, to keep asking. I've got this child, and there won't be any relief until it's out. Oh, that we would get pregnant with prayer until we birth what God wants us to accomplish. We keep knocking and we keep asking until we see the birth of what God wants us to do. What God wants to accomplish. What God wants to manifest. Oh, that we would be pregnant 
until the souls around us are saved because we would not give up. We're pregnant with prayer. I will not stop until I know they are saved. Let's be pregnant with prayer until that, that business that we've dreamed to do, that vision that God has placed within us, that thing. Because let me tell you something. What excites you is the Spirit of God moving through you because what, some of what you're contending for, you're pregnant with, and it's only going to come by prayer and to keep praying and to keep knocking and to keep asking and to keep seeking and to stand. We talked about today about standing on the promises. Your promises are true, and I stand on them. You're the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper. That's who you are. Your word says this. I stand on it, and I pray your word. And you know, if you keep knocking, you keep asking, it's going to happen. The nature of prayer, Kathy gave a little part of fasting. The nature of prayer isn't that, is it? Is that it isn't all about fun, it's work. Sometimes it's travail, intercession. There are tears, there's travail without immediate answers, and that's why many stop praying before their breakthrough. But let me tell you something. This is a year of breakthrough, but your prayer is going to determine your breakthrough or not. You can have the promises. You can have the vision. You, Kathy mentioned it. You could, the, some of the prophets that are known that we respect have said this is a year of, of 2020 vision. This is a year of incredible clarity and incredible provision. But it just isn't going to happen to you. You're going to have to pray it in. Do you hear me? It's just not going to happen without your prayer. Your direction, alignments, assignments. None of it will happen without a prayer life. Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but pray about everything. Am I boring you this morning? You're receiving what I'm telling you. Listen, it's about people engaged in prayer. We will move the city in prayer. He will move the city in prayer. He will change any situation. He will bring an impossible situation to become possible because of your prayer. He will change any family situation. Don't give up. Keep knocking. That one, oh, it would be a miracle if they got saved. Oh, last time I read the word, he's a miracle-working God. I remember there's this guy named Saul. He named became Paul. He was a persecutor of the church. He became the greatest writer in the church. I remember God is a miracle-working God. If he can take Saul, who was killing Christians, to Saul, who was living a life, and then end up giving his life, God can do anything.
He needs you and me to pray. My house, my house will be called, be known as a house of prayer. The nature of prayer, it's not, there's tears, there's travail, praying before the breakthrough, it's not fun anymore. They, people give up though, and they, they stop praying through until God moves. Jesus says, there's some things, and he was giving us a clue. There's some things like that, disciples, you need to be walking in fasting and prayer before you try and cast that out. And there's some things that you guys are believing for, I guarantee you, will only come through fasting and prayer. They're that big. They're that large. We do our part. God does the heavy lifting. Fasting is a short season that has long-lasting results. Say with me, fasting is a short season that has long-lasting results. I would encourage every believer to do intermittent fasting throughout the year. But together as a body, we'll do a concerted fast together to move heaven in our region and to move heaven in your region. And throughout this year, because we fasted and prayed, we'll see testimony after testimony after testimony throughout this year of what God has done. Because we said, God, I'm in covenant with you. I want to know you. I want to know your heart. I want to pray your word. And I'm going to stand on the promises to see heaven move on this earth. Let's stand together. I like quick answers. Anybody like quick answers to prayer? Oh, I love them. Uh, yes, God. Just prayed once. Bam! Those are awesome. But I, I want to remind you, there are some things, there are some things that only happen, they won't happen after the first knock, not going to happen after the second, or the third, or the fourth, or the 25th, or the 50th, or the 100th. I don't know why. I just know whose I am. I know who I am in him, and I know whose I am, and I know he's faithful. And if I keep knocking as I'm praying his word, it shall be done. I don't know when, but I trust him for his timing. I walk with his credit card. It's interesting. I just reminded of this. The card I use to do business for the church says Nolan Edwards, and it says Champions Church. The card God gives you says Abba Father, Kingdom, and your name. Jesus says we're joint heirs with Christ. One last verse, one last verse. Psalm 27 says, here's the one thing I crave from God. Don't you love how God, Holy Spirit, 
melts things together. Here's the one thing I crave from God, the one thing I seek above all else. I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house. Finding the sweet loveliness of his face, filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. Write that one down during this fast. Maybe let that be part of your meditation, Psalm 27, 4. And that's out of the Passion Translation. Can we just close our eyes for a moment? What is Holy Spirit saying to you right now? Listen. He's talking to you right now. What is he asking you to put down? What is he asking you to pick up? You're my disciples, Jesus says, if you obey my commandments. I believe the Lord, I know the Lord is calling us to, allowing him to, to be completely Lord of our life. Just as sure as I'm standing here, Jesus is coming again. So things are so ripe on the earth for that. But yet I believe because there's time here that God wants us to pray, covenant, follow through on this covenant and bring his kingdom to the earth into lives and hearts. He's in the heart-changing business. He's in the intimacy business. He made us to worship that we would be for the praise of his glory. That our joy in the process would be full. Father, teach us to pray. May we be people who just so comes into that place with you not of asking, but just to come and to be with you. May this year be such a year of greater intimacy and from that we pray. From your heart we pray. According to your word we pray. And, he, and realize that even when we don't see it, you're moving. Even when I don't feel it, you're moving. You never stop. You never stop working. Because we pray according to your word. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
Father, thank you for the quiet place where we walk away from cell phone, we walk away from technology, unless we're using it to open your word. And I just pray that everyone in this room will find a renewed quiet place with you. I'm reminded of the little precious lady on that movie about prayer. It's powerful. It's powerful. May we get a vision of change that we want to see for the kingdom, and may we find the quiet place and pray until that change happens for your glory. That this house and your people will be known as a house of prayer. In Jesus' name. reminded of the old song Lord lay some soul upon my heart and love that soul through me and may I ever do my part to win that soul for thee let this be a year of winning souls for Jesus taking a moment to share hearing the Holy Spirit and what he wants to say and speak into our life and pray them into the kingdom. Anybody take that challenge with me? You know, if everyone in the body of Christ won one soul, one in a year, the church would double worldwide every year. One. One. Let's take the one soul challenge. If we took the two soul challenge, we had to start adding more seats to the bottom floor. If we took a three soul challenge, oh my goodness, we'd have to open the balcony. If we took the four soul challenge, well, ushers, we need more ushers in the balcony. If we took the five soul challenge, I guess we have to go to two services. Good problems to have. Souls. Encourage one another. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come. You might want to just spend some time at the altar. What you heard today, to talk with the Father about it. Talk with the Holy Spirit. Pray. And, but uh, one thing for sure. See you tonight at 6 o'clock, 6 to 7.30. We're going to pray together. So God bless you as you go. God bless you this year.